Hello and welcome to this episode of the Living Business Podcast. Over the course of this series, you'll be hearing from regional business owners and market experts on themes such as energy efficiency, waste management and sustainability strategy. Thank you all for joining us today. My name is Nger Salmanova. I'm the sustainability lead for the Living Business Program in the MENA region. And I'm really looking forward to moderating today's discussion, which will be focused on energy and water optimization. And this is a topic which is becoming increasingly one of the most important issues facing the global community today, as more and more uh, countries transition to a, net, uh, a low carbon economy and they start committing to the SDGs as well. So with that said, we're going to look at the challenges and potential solutions to making energy and water systems more efficient and less environmentally impactful. And to do that, we have a brilliant panel of experts joining us today. We have Mohamed Al-Saini, who's the Director of Strategy at Taka Solutions. And we have Firuz Kachwala, who's the Executive Director at Future Architectural Glass. With that, I'll pass it on to our brilliant panelists to introduce themselves. So, Mohammed, let's start with you. Maybe uh, you can introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about Taka Solutions and the services that you offer. Um, so, yeah, as you introduced, uh, my name is Mohammed Hussaini, Director of uh, Strategy at Taka. What we do is uh, we focus on energy and water optimization. Um, uh, Taka is a uh, energy technology and finance company that's focused on designing, implementing, operating fully financed energy and water optimization projects for uh, a wide range of asset and uh, owners and operators. Uh, we're, we're based in the UAE uh, and our industry is known as ESCO, Energy Service Company, uh, is what they, they name us. Uh, and we are currently leading the market with our flagship offering, which is known as the Finance Energy Performance Contract. This type of contract has been tailored uh, for for asset owners and operators to to kind of provide turnkey uh, energy and water optimization solutions that are financially de-risked. Uh, so this this gets accomplished through performance-based payment structures. So in other words, we go in uh, and we uh, we only get we we implement we finance we operate all uh, an aggregation of solutions focused on uh, optimizing a building. And uh, we only get paid after we perform. So if we were not to perform, then we don't we don't get paid. And, and as a result, we're, we we put our money where our mouth is, in other words, um, and really truly aligning with asset owners and operators with the full intention of getting as much energy and water savings as possible. Thank you very much, Mohammed. On to you, Firuz. Maybe you can introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about Future Architecture of Glass. So my name is Firuz Kachwala. I'm the director of Future Glass, it's a family-owned business. Uh, we're in the business since 1976 with uh, multiple plants operating out of uh, UAE as well as out of India. We are in the business of uh, manufacturing safety glass for uh, targeted projects, whether it's residential, commercials, could be airports, malls, and there's a lot of glass that's used all across the world. We supply our products across the GCC, as well as many markets uh, overseas. So we supply to more than 30 countries 
Great. Thank you so much, Chris. It's a very exciting time to be talking about our topic today of energy and water efficiency because technology is really making a big difference to the ways that companies can be more energy and water efficient. So, Mohammed, maybe we can start with you and you can tell us a bit more about how certain technologies are making a difference in this region specifically. And also, maybe you can give us some more information about your finance energy project with uh, the Abu Dhabi Electricity and Water Authority, which is quite interesting to read. Yeah, of course. So uh, technology is changing at a rapid pace. And uh, unfortunately, our buildings are slow to catch on. Uh, it's one of the more conventional kind of mindsets when it comes to design, engineering, etc. Uh, but we have a lot to kind of uh, leverage from other industries. And I think that's a big, big area. Uh, so it kind of falls into three major areas, I would say, of focus. One would be, uh, of course, the equipment. Right. So uh, as 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 our science progresses, our equipment becomes better. Another area is the tech approach, which is slightly different than equipment. This is more around the cloud computing, um, uh, leveraging what people like to use uh, or, or call AI. It's, it's really just cloud based computing uh, to understand, you know, we're getting a lot of data now. Um, and uh, and we get to really understand how buildings and let's just say uh, energy and water consuming assets perform and how to optimize them and, and really, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, improve on the operational standpoint. And then there's the design aspect of it as well. Uh, so so as we continue to advance as well, uh, we, we, we we're able to identify better and better design approaches to how we build systems and how they work together. Big thing we found that has proven very, very uh, impactful is is finding and identifying technologies that have been developed by other uh, uh, industries that we can apply uh, in, in buildings and uh, developments and, and other types of energy consuming assets because the science is already there. We don't need to reinvent the wheel over and over again. Um, with regards to uh, ADRIA, uh, currently known as uh, Department of Energy, uh, in Abu Dhabi, uh, I think uh, this was a, it's a really good example of how um, uh, government and so public and, and private uh, entities can and need to collaborate to really uh, foster and facilitate and create a healthy win-win uh, uh, situation for the for the market, for people, also for the environment. So triple bottom line, um, people profit planet. Uh, and what they what they did is they wanted to pilot out these ESCO energy service company offerings, um, and they 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 started with themselves uh, as as you would, and and they gathered eight of their own uh, office buildings, headquarters, including a, a number of the training centers and and, and head offices, uh, and they uh, they went to the market, uh, teamed up with us as well as a few consultants. And got us to pilot these these uh, energy performance contracts out. Now I think we're in our third, going entering the fourth year of operations with them. It's been proven a, a you know an, a success, um, and they've as a result of this success, they've built a dedicated department called uh, Abu Dhabi uh, Energy Services that are focused on uh, doing exactly that and working with us. So I believe we've 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 saved a. Uh, ballpark 30, 35% of these buildings consumption, which is quite substantial in terms of uh, carbon impact, but also, I mean, bottom line. Quite impressive. Yeah, very significant number as well. Uh, thank you for sharing that. 
Spirits, on to you. So Future Architectural Glass is really doing an impressive amount of work when it comes to water and energy optimization. Maybe you can share some of the solutions that you've implemented in your facility and any interesting technologies that maybe came with that. Yeah, absolutely, Nigar. Um, so I'd like to... Um, so we we had a three-pronged approach. We We started first with analyzing the data that we have uh, from all our... Uh, um, data points in the factory as well as an accommodation block that's part of our uh, assets then the second point was to reduce the usage of our natural resources and the third aspect was to generate some natural resources while we're doing so so i think we we understood right at the start that water was a big guzzler for us we had a lot of consumption because we we have these uh, big huge machines uh, where we grind the glass where we polish it um, we make holes, drills. So there's a lot of water that's used in all of these uh, processes. And uh, that's something which immediately everyone said, okay, that's something we need to control. You know, that's something which is consuming a lot of our natural resources. So uh, we started analyzing this. And we realized uh, that 70% of the consumption is in the accommodation block, which houses about 200 people. Okay. So we, we hit on the accommodation side. And then we said, okay, where exactly is the major consumption of the water? So we realized just before people come for work, before the shift time, that half an hour or one hour, that's when the maximum consumption is. So what do we do now? And, you know, there are a lot of technologies that are there out there, but we said, okay, what can we do as a simple fix? You know, what we do is, so he analyzed the wash basin. So the taps were generating, they were flowing water at 16 liters per minute. Now, just by placing those aerators on the on the faucets, he was able to reduce that by 90%. So 16 liters per minute brings it down to 1.6 liters per minute just by fixing those aerators. And the ROI for this was literally one week. That was an immediate success. So we put them across all of our wash basins. So we started with the faucets, then we moved on to the showers, and then the shatars. So that was the process. So this was the quick fix uh, that we had, uh, and this gave us lots of savings. Um, besides that, the second approach we had for the water conservation was to generate some uh, um, uh, water for our own consumption. So since we had the accommodation block, there was uh, disposal of water. So we were disposing roughly about 10,000 gallons of water per day. So what we did was we uh, added a sewage treatment plant in the facility. And the way we did it, I mean, it was a huge capital investment. So we didn't want to jump into it right away. We did not have the uh, resources at that time to focus that much amount of budget to it. So we collaborated with a service provider where we had a, a revenue sharing model and it was a pay as you go model, you know, so we, we're not even having a capex. We just pay as we generate the water. So uh, we engaged this service provider. So we are actually buying the the gallons of water that is being produced from the sewage treatment plant from the service provider. So we're actually buying 5,000 gallons per day from them. That's pretty impressive and it really highlights that really sometimes the smallest changes or the quickest fixes can have the biggest not only environmental impact but also cost-saving impacts as well. Um, but of course, I mean, all of these solutions that you implement, they come with their challenges, and we'll get into that in a moment. But before we do, I just wanted to touch up on the term real-time monitoring, which is something we hear about a lot today. And I was wondering, Mo, if you could tell us a bit more about that and um, about the data that you can collect with that. 
So real-time monitoring and controls, if I could add that part to it, is a way of leveraging also existing technologies that we have and, and combining them together, deploying them at our sites. To And what it is is effectively an array of sensors and controllers throughout an asset or a building or development that allows them to monitor and control uh, energy and water consuming parameters. So what temperature the air is, or you know how fast or slow the pump is going at, what pressure, all the relevant, let's say, parameters. So it ends up effectively building somewhat of a nervous system for a building that tells us what's going on, but also allows us to act in real time uh, and, and make informed decisions about how it's being operated. And, so that uh, we can create the best response to the fluctuations in weather or, or occupancy or things that are out of our control, let's say. And, and I think that, that really, it, it's, um, it's one of the pillars of really creating impactful, deep uh, uh, savings and making a big difference, uh, because that has to go hand in hand with uh, operational excellence as well as good design and good equipment. So I, I think that would you know, really covers it up. Thank you so much for that, Muhammad. Is there anything you'd like to add there? You know, um, there's a mindset change that's required when you want to implement these initiatives. So, of course, we all feel and we all want to have a sustainable living, um, but we are so used to all the uh, luxuries around us, we find it difficult to to adapt to things. So, um, so yes, we did face a lot of challenges, you know. Um, so, I think one of the first things that we did to address that was to engage our team members in the activity, involve them in um, in deciding which practice we are supposed to follow, what 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 is the right implementation. So when I said we set up a committee called as Go Green, wherein uh, we had all of these uh, departmental heads who would then have their uh, team members part of their uh, uh, daily routine. We involve them, we discuss, brainstorm ideas. So simple little thing that we did here uh, just with the faucets, you know, um, the first reaction from the people was the water is too slow. Uh, the water, there's not enough water coming through, you know. Uh, how, how do I even, uh, how do I even have a bath, you know. So those was, uh, but it, it just lasted for a week. Uh, they, they got used to it. They understood that this is uh, enough for us to, to take care of, of all of the uh, services. So um, there, there are challenges in every step of the process. Um, we try to do in our way, we try to make it as simple as possible, the implementation. Um, you know, uh, and we've been studying this for a while. Uh, the more complex solution that we come up through, uh, people don't want to use it. So with that, I say thank you, and um, we hope to see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's it for this edition of the Living Business Podcast. We look forward to welcoming you to the next episode.